Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. There is really, truly only one way an MVP should be determined, and Jerry Jones is really starting to believe his own garbage. We get to it all today. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. It is Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson in for Greeny today. Amber, how we doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm outstanding. We first and foremost have to congratulate, congratulate, excuse me. We first and foremost have to congratulate our own Paul Hembikides, a.k.a. Hembo, and his wife, Lizzie. They have two daughters. They have twin daughters that were just born, Charlotte and Michelle. Outstanding, outstanding news. Two, con- two healthy, beautiful babies. Yep. You got emotional. You were so choked up. You have a hard time even getting out. <laughs> Huge congratulations to Hembo. I mean, such an unbelievable blessing. Getting two for the price of one, Carlin. Yes, and he will find that out very quickly. I don't know if it's going to be the price of one or not. But but nonetheless, our congratulations, mother and daughters are doing outstanding. As for the show today, well, you know the deal. Here we go! Only one place to start. And that place is with Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, who yesterday on his usual 105.3 The Fan spot that he does weekly down in Dallas, once again reiterated a point that he has made through the last several weeks regarding where the Cowboys are and where their success is going to come from. We uh, hope to be able to run that football more than we ran it, uh, let's say, in the last few years. And uh, Zeke will be critical to that. Uh, but we'll also need to be able to run block. We should be able to run block. Run block is uh, uh, more of a given than being able to protect if you're dealing with inexperienced linemen. Well, the problem here, Jerry, is that you are dealing with inexperienced linemen and guys who have gone elsewhere and in moving on from Lael Collins, Tyron Smith's injury, you look at bringing in a first-round pick and Tyler Smith, who has the potential to be good, but again, just a rookie. Connor McGovern at guard, who was shot to begin with last year with the Jets. The Cowboys have this mentality that has come from their owner, that somehow Ezekiel Elliott is going to return to 2016 Ezekiel Elliott. Amber, his production has gone down every single year in yards per game in running the football. And I don't understand how the thought can be that in order for the Cowboys to win, it's going to have to be on the ground this season. That's certainly an interesting philosophy and even more interesting if we're talking about it being Zeke over Pollard. But let's start with the O-line for a second. You mentioned it. I mean, this O-line last year can be attributed, the troubles there can be attributed to decline, right? Which that's problematic. If you can at least attribute it like just to injury Carlin and we're getting somebody back and they're going to be good to go. But this O-line seems like it is on the decline, an O-line that was once an elite O-line, the best one in the NFL. Then they lose Lael Collins, like you mentioned. You mentioned Tyron Smith there. I mean, he cannot stay healthy. Smith at this point feels like he's just living off of his reputation. uh, He hasn't played a, a full season since 2000. 
2015 was the last time. So anybody behind a line you're going to have a problem with. Now you're talking about enter Ezekiel Elliott, who also can't seemingly stay healthy of late. And Zeke has averaged only 61.9 rushing yards per game, 4.2 yards per carry the past two seasons. I think all of us feel like we're seeing the decline of Ezekiel Elliott, except for Jerry Jones and Carlin. I think that comes down to the money that Jerry Jones paid Zeke, not actually the ability of Zeke at this point. Well, I get it. If you're Jerry Jones, you want to be right. And you probably lost Randy Gregory and maybe one or two other guys. You had to cut Collins this offseason because you paid Zeke when you didn't need to. You know, you needed to pay your quarterback and you did that. But Ezekiel Elliott, uh, at this juncture of his career, represents what's wrong with the Cowboys. And what I mean by that is simply that Jerry Jones is, let's just call it what it is. He's getting old. He has not had success since he parted ways with Jimmy Johnson. The Cowboys have not been to a conference championship game in 27 years. They have, what, three playoff wins during that stretch? I honestly believe that Jerry, in wanting to be right and wanting to be the reason for the Cowboys' success, has lost sight of how they actually won the first time around. And that was letting people do their jobs who are football people. And Jerry certainly fancies himself that. But Amber, I I continue to think that winning is not important to Jerry anymore. Winning his way is important to Jerry. Jerry is a lot more important to Jerry than winning is right now. Well, none of us like being wrong, right, Carla? Like this idea, you know. But after 27 years, maybe we'd be able to think, "Eh, you know, let's try another direction. When I was growing up, people used to always tell me, you just have to be right. You just want to be right. Because, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, Carlin. I can be a bit of an argumentative person. And it's now you're a lawyer. In me. <laughs> now I'm a lawyer and now I'm a sports radio host. So it yeah. has worked out well for me in my life uh, with the career path that I chose. But I used to always say, who doesn't want to be right? Like, it was the stupidest insult to me because I'm like, okay, I want to be right. Who doesn't want to be right? Everybody wants to be right. Jerry Jones wants to be right. What I think's interesting, though, about his approach, because you mentioned his age and you're talking about uh, an owner and a general manager who is about to enter his 80s. And so typically when you age at like that, when you are still in it and that age, right, and you're still trying to win at that age, there can be some desperation that comes into the equation. Jerry Jones almost feels like the opposite of that to me, where he's too committed to, I guess, being right. Like you said, he's too committed to these decisions that have been made in the past where he's not even seeing the decline of Zeke, or maybe he's not seeing where he should move on to. And we're just talking. I'm not, I don't even have a huge problem with the idea. They lost Amari. I don't have a huge problem with the idea of relying on the running game more, but it should be Pollard. That should be the number one, right? Not Ezekiel Elliott, who should be the number one. And I think he's having a hard time. He's being almost too loyal to Zeke. It feels like it's because of that contract. It feels like it's because he doesn't want to be wrong. But at the same time, you would think that the desperation of him wanting to win now, I'm getting older. I need to actually see the Cowboys do something now while I'm still in this role with this team. You would think that would lead to him to be a bit more progressive, and it just has not at all panned out like that. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. One place to start has been brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny, the smartest way to hire. The 
The most obvious part of this, which I can't figure out, yes, you paid Ezekiel Elliott. You paid Dak Prescott a lot more. Mm-hmm. And we ask our quarterbacks to make those around them better. That, that's what we want them to do. And I actually believe that Dak Prescott is capable of doing that. But you are probably pushing the limits on that this season with what they have. Yes, they have C.D. Lamb. But other than that, at receiver, do you feel great? You really don't. You're now pushing the idea of wanting to run the football and that you're not sure if you're going to be able to protect as well as you can run block up front. Why are you casting aspersions on your ability to throw the football when it is a passing league now and you have invested as much as you have in your quarterback? Amber, that, that to me is where it just all gets lost. We want to see coaches and owners and GMs adapt, and this seems to be a lack of adapting on his part. Just give the ball to Dak if he is truly an elite quarterback like you say that he is. Well, if he is as committed to being right as we're theorizing, and maybe that's the issue here, Mm. then being right about the running back is more unusual than being right about paying the quarterback, right? Like nobody's going to argue with them paying Dak. I know it it was a talking point at the time, but let's be real. You can see what happened here to the quarterback market. Dak was going to get paid. Anybody would have ended up paying Dak in that situation. Ezekiel Elliott, you said it earlier. He paid him when he didn't have to. And that is the problem here is that a lot of people wouldn't, first of all, even pay that position like that. And second of all, at the time in which he did, and it's been prohibitive of uh, other contracts and being able to retain other players. And so I think because of the way that running back position ages, the decline, the shortened careers uh, in terms of the peak performance of that running back position, Jerry is looking at it like, I need to hit on this. I need to be right on this nobody's going to question what he did in paying zach everybody's going to continue what he did in paying ezekiel elliott we are loaded up on football it is chris carlin amber wilson and for greeny on espn radio and espn plus also on the espn app presented by progressive insurance my friends up next we di- we dive a little bit deeper into the cowboys and their week one opponent the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night football, just 11 days away from that. A man who knows Tom Brady as well as anybody is going to join us next, and he will tell us if there is reason to be concerned in Tampa. It's all on the way. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Delusion, I think, is probably the best word to use in regards to Jerry Jones these days. He continues to push the narrative of Zeke. It's Chris Carlin and Amber Wilson in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Be a part of Greeny Nation. On the Dr. Pepper call in line, call us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one that fans deserve. Now, the other team that the Cowboys are going to be facing on Sunday Night Football in Week 1, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Bruce Arians yesterday was on first take and was asked, Amber, about any concerns with Tom Brady. Are you concerned about Tom at all? No, none whatsoever. I mean, watching him at practice every day, he's throwing the ball better than he has in like 10 years, and... uh when he's on the practice field, the energy level in the whole building goes up. So not worried about Tom. That's one guy you don't have to worry about. You know, listen, Amber, a couple of things. Number one, we know that Bruce still works for the team. Number two, we know that Bruce is not going to want to drive that narrative or reinforce the idea that Tom somehow got him pushed out. So he's not going to say a negative word about Tom. Having said all that, what he says is 100% true. I don't see any reason to think otherwise. Yeah, you have to consider the source. And I'm not going to give any credence to anybody who works for the team. Obviously, they're going to pretend like everything's fine, even if it's not. But also, we're talking about Tom Brady. And Carlin, how long have we been doing this? The, oh, there's going to be a decline at some point here. Or he's going to get distracted. He's getting older. And we've always doubted him. And he's always proved us wrong for the last, what, at least five years. I think you could even expand into his late 30s, frankly. I will believe it when I see it in terms of the decline. I'm not falling for that rope-a-dope again. I am not going to bet against Tom Brady, no matter the fact that he missed 11 games or 11 days uh, during this training camp and preseason. I don't know what's going on with him. He sounded and his presser the other day, like, sure, there's stuff going on there. He says, you know, he's 45. There's a lot of stuff going on and we're cleaning up the language. I don't know what that stuff is. 
Could it be distracting on a football field? Sure. Could it also be motivating? That's also entirely possible too. Maybe he has stuff going on in his personal life. And so when we get into season, he's going to want to throw himself into football even more because he wants to be distracted from whatever's going on. We have no idea what's going on in Tom Brady's world. What I do know about Tom Brady is it's a losing bet if you bet against him. So I'm not going to do it. This is the thing. And look, I've never been the biggest Tom Brady fan. Okay. I'll, I'll admit I am the guy that rooted for the Patriots like heck when Brady first took over and then rather quickly got sick of them. (laughs) You know, and that's 20 years ago at this point. They won a Super Bowl. That's awesome. All right, go away. You know, and then they won six Super Bowls. And so it's always difficult for me to root for the favorite, especially with a guy like Brady who has seemingly had the perfect life. Maybe that says a lot more about me than anything else. But I do wonder about this, Amber. Why is it that with this particular individual, we are consistently looking to tear it down? We are consistently looking to find where those little kinks in the armor are and where we might be seeing him well, fall off a cliff, as Max Kellerman famously said a couple of years ago. Why is it that we continue to, to seek it with this guy in particular? Is it just simply because we have never seen this before? I think it's a few things. I think it's what you first said, where everyone got sick of that Patriots team and everybody got sick of Tom Brady and his greatness, right? Like we applaud greatness and we get tired of greatness and we kind of want greatness to stumble. And so I think that that's part of it. I think it's also that, you know, you and I, as we are aging here, we sometimes wake up in the morning, we sleep wrong. We can't move our neck for five days, right? We're down and out. We can hardly host radio shows. And yet Tom Brady's out there putting up career numbers at 45 years old now and it just doesn't even make sense like we can't even process the information in our minds so I think some people root for failure because it would make you feel better about yourself (laughs) and where you're at maybe in whatever age you're at in your aging process and so I think that that's part of it as well and I also think probably the third component would be that we're just sort of uncomfortable with it because we've never seen it before I mean we've never seen this at 44 last season the way that he was playing it's so remarkable he seemingly hasn't lost much of a step at all we have not seen that it's very hard I think for us to digest it because of that it almost feels too good to be real and so we question it and we doubt it and we think at some point here it's going to change and so far we've been wrong every step of the way now having said that we we all know what the very real issues are with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it's their offensive line I have come around to the idea, Amber, that because of that, I, that I don't think I can pick them to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. And, and I say that knowing full well that the NFC is completely wide open. Can I pick the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl this year? I, Jalen Hurts would have to have an amazing season. I think they're better. I don't know that they're a Super Bowl team yet. I don't trust Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers when it comes to the playoffs to get it done. And I think we've seen that with good reason. Uh, I'm not going to trust Jameis Winston to get it done down in New Orleans because I've never seen him do it before. As much as people want to point to how well he started last year, it's not like he was going out there and chucking it all over the lot for 350 yards a game. Uh, He didn't turn it over early, and that was the best thing that he did. And then 
We're talking about the Rams and the 49ers out west. And yet still, I can't bring myself to pick the Buccaneers when those issues are what they are on the offensive line. It can't just be the Rams in that conference, though, right? Somebody else has to be great in that conference. And so my money's going to stay on the greatest to ever do it in Tom Brady. And the team that I just saw win a Super Bowl a couple years ago, that O-line to me is a legitimate problem. It's the injuries on that O-line. Tom Brady, though, has the second quickest release in the game. He reads defenses faster than anybody else in the NFL. It feels like Tom Brady may not even need a line in front of him. Carlin because that's how great he is at this point. Again, I'll believe it when I see. I have a hard time betting against him. A lot of those same weapons are there for him. He should have a healthy wide receiving core this season, which is quite different from last season, even though he was putting up career numbers last season and was in the MVP conversation. I do think that the O-line's a problem, but also we're talking about Tom Brady. So if it's any other quarterback sitting behind, especially a quarterback that's not particularly mobile, I'm with you. The Tampa Bay Bucks then wouldn't even be in the conversation for me. But because it's Tom Brady, there's this part of me that just feels like somehow he's going to be able to pull miracles out of his pocket. And even with the Rams, I mean, you're talking about the elbow issues with Matt Stafford. The NFC, frankly, is wide open because it's impossible to determine. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Get renter's insurance to protect the things that make your place a home, including coverage for theft and damage. Visit Progressive.com. Amber, Yesterday, we saw John Gruden speak for the first time. And I have to tell you, I was just so bummed out by it. And John Gruden has tried to follow the playbook, as Jay Williams eloquently illustrated this morning. He stayed away for a year or around a year, at least completely out of the public eye. And then yesterday, he appeared at the Little Rock Football uh, Gridiron Club and spoke for the first time publicly about what happened with his emails and with the Raiders. I'm not going to say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just, it's it's shameful. But... uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. i got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully I get another shot. Well, look, Amber, I, I understand where he's coming from on a couple of levels. And I would think that, first of all, He has reached a point here nine months later, as he went on to talk about how things have not been exactly portrayed in the right way as to how things went down, but not denying what was in the emails. He's reached that level of anger at this point that he's kind of still sitting out in this, uh, you know, this zone of waiting for forgiveness. and, and trying to figure out exactly if he's going to get a chance to live his life further after what happened. Why is it that we have to qualify these apologies? Can it just be, I screwed up, I'm trying to be better? As opposed to, th- I mean, like, you could not throw a bigger butt in the middle of that apology 
And I, I don't understand it. It's, to me, it's like when you say, I apologize if I offended you. Just, just apologize. Just acknowledge that you did something wrong and, and own it in every single way. Don't try to qualify it in any other way. I do think it's a bit human nature, though, I guess, to feel this need to defend yourselves. And so I feel like this is where people get into hot water with apologies because it's hard to sense the sincerity in an apology, Carlin, if you also simultaneously feel the need to defend yourself in some manner. And I think a lot of people have a hard time feeling like they themselves, they may have done a bad thing, but you always hear from people, right? I did this bad thing. I'm a good person, though. You know, I'm not a bad person. I mean, who really thinks they're a bad person, right? Most people probably don't think they're a bad person. The problem is what he did here with these emails is made us all think he's a bad person. And once that is out of the bag, it's really hard to get it ever back in the bag because that's our impression now of John Gruden. And I'm not out here saying that, you know, I don't advocate for, you know, people being canceled over things that are said and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, if you reveal yourself as a not so great person, then that's going to follow you and it's going to follow you wherever you go. And that's the situation that he finds himself in. And so it does fall on deaf ears. Then when you're coming out and you're saying, well, I'm a good person. And it's like, well, this is actually our impression of you as a person. This is what we know of you because we don't know of John Gruden. You know, we don't have a personal relationship with him. Most of us, of course. And, you know, we're not his wife. We're not his family, which he's referencing. I mean, we're not in that world. And so this is the lasting impression that we have of John Grunin and it's that he says heinous things he uses big he uses bigoted language and that he appears to have been not a good person when he thought nobody was watching and now we all saw yeah. it and now we're all watching and I just don't know how you undo that impression well, you there's really nothing that can be said even if he just came out Carlin I guess in fairness if even if he just came out and said I'm sorry I shouldn't have done it Does that really undo anything? I'm not sure there's ever any going back is the problem. Yeah. And there's a few, there's a, there's a couple of things here too, that, that bother me about it. You know, people say John Gruden should be allowed to go back and and earn a living. I don't think anybody's saying he can earn a living. Somebody wants to hire John Gruden, then great. Hire him, give him a second chance at getting a job. I'm never going to be against that. The problem is the type of jobs. Yeah, that's the thing. Are are so high profile. Yeah, they're so public. What he does for a living. Yeah, I'm not going to hire him to coach a team, Amber. I, I when I have, how are players supposed to view what was said in those emails? Are players going to respect and lead somebody who has said these things before? None of us is perfect. We've all done things in our lives that have been regrettable. He's 100 percent right about that. But it's, it's one thing to forgive. It's another thing to not forget. And I think that when you see things like that, it's awfully hard to reconcile that kind of language not being in somebody's heart when it's out there and written. <laughs> it's out there and written. We've seen it. I do think some of the anger from John Gruden's perspective probably comes from the fact that don't forget it was odd that it was his emails that were publicly revealed. I mean, he has sued the NFL over this. There's obviously a Washington commander's component to this story since it was emails between him and Bruce Allen. And we know what's been happening there with that commander's organization under Daniel Snyder and the investigation there. Nothing else comes out except for John Gruden here and what he feels like, I guess, 
must be a smear campaign against him. There's that component of this story. And that complicates this whole thing, because I would imagine that that is also where some of the anger comes from, where he feels like somebody is doing him wrong. But at the end of the day, he's the one, of course, who wrote those things. I mean, he's the one who used that language. And yes, we've all said stuff or done stuff in our past. I'm not sure we've all done this or said this, but we've all done things that we regret in life. If you're doing things that you regret in life, you should still be able to apologize and move forward from them to an extent. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't follow you, right? It doesn't mean that your mistakes don't ever catch up with you. We're talking about a man who earns a living in some in a very, very public way. And so, yes, you're right. Like him coaching a team at this point, also with the diversity of that sport, with the goal of inclusion, obviously he's not a good fit once we know what he has you what he has said when he's been in a role like that but then also even in his previous job as a broadcaster you know what is what is that like when we have the public perception of him of who he may really be behind the scenes compared to who he is on our television sets and so that's really the problem here it's not that John Cruden can't go into any line of work and goodness knows I mean he has earned a living Carlin and I'm not saying yeah. that that means that he should never be able to earn one again but that man has earned a living and then he's some- not going- Broke. He's. I mean, he better not be. Let's put it that way. If he's got decent financial advisors, he better not be. So I'm not going to feel bad for him from that perspective. But also, it is the line of work. And when you're in the line of work, I mean, even like you and I are, the scrutiny is heightened and the standards are heightened compared to some others. They just are. And the risk that you're running, you and I run this risk every single day. We say the wrong thing sitting here. It's all over. Yeah. I mean, all over yeah. for us. And that is the downside of this, the risky aspect of this career. Well, it's this career, though. It's the career that we all chose. Yeah. It's and, the and, reality of it. And here's the last part of this for me is, is simply what bothers me the most about all of it. Again, you want to give, give him a second chance. That's up to you. If this scandal had happened off of John Gruden just winning a Super Bowl, He'd have a job again already. Like he might be a coach this season from somebody else in the league that would have happily given him an opportunity. And that to me is where the problem really lies. Because ultimately, as we have seen in every turn, and it's amazing that it continues to get driven home more and more every day. That is all that matters in the end to owners to the NFL, and frankly, to a lot of fans. Winning certainly uh, cures a lot of things or or glosses over. I'm not sure it cures anything, but I would say it glosses over a lot of things. I mean, we see it every single day, frankly, in that league. We see it all across sports. It's not just something exclusive to the NFL. It glosses over things. Uh, I, I would like to believe that what you're saying isn't true, but there's really no reason to believe that it's not. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure he loses his job if he's coming off of, you know, some unbelievable recent success. And that wasn't the case here with Gruden. Join us on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your take on this, your take on the Cowboys, your take on Tom Brady, all welcome. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson in for Greedy today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Up next, one of the great sound bites that you will ever hear from a head coach. I, I'm in awe of Mike McDaniel. You'll hear why in just moments. Chris and Amber in for Greeny, ESPN Radio and on SiriusXM Channel 80. 
Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I tell you, by the day, by the day, I am loving Mike McDaniel more. Each and every day, Amber. It's, he Bring is... Me both. He is going to supply so much entertainment. Coaching, I, I, whatever. Whatever happens is fine. Entertainment, that's what I'm here for. It's Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson, in for Greedy on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So, with that in mind, let's get to a little I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? what? I absolutely could not get enough of this yesterday from Mike McDaniel, who on cutdown day was asked about the Dolphins keeping their third string quarterback, Skylar Thompson. Again, another guy that comes in, he just works every day. He's won over his teammates um, through his work ethic, and, you know, uh, he went out and balled. And another one, we got calls again, people asking what we were going to do, and, and they're all saying, you know, you guys would be stupid to let him go, and there was no thought about us doing it. <laughs> We're out in the business of being stupid. I love that. <laughs> it was Chris Greer first, the GM. But we're not in the business of being stupid, Amber. <laughs> I mean, the Miami Dolphins, and I am, of course, a Miami Dolphins fan. The Miami Dolphins have been in the business of being stupid many a times over the last 20 years, Chris Carlin. But let's hope that all changes here under Mike McDaniel. You said that you don't care about the football component of this, the coaching. Even if you're objective, even if you're not a Dolphins fan like me, though, you need him to have success so that we still get the entertainment. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I want... I, I guess I don't root, root one way or another for the Dolphins. I, I'd like to see them do well, I guess, but I'd like to definitely see them do well so that he can stick around at press conferences for years to come. He's very likable, and he certainly has won the crowd over in terms of training camp and this preseason. Now, it's all going to come down... 
listen, that can fall flat real quick if you start the season 0-7, right? But we'll see how it pans out. I love the fact that maybe the best quarterback on the roster is somebody named Skylar Thompson, right? I mean, this rookie, (laughs) Chris... He appeared in three contests for the preseason, right? He completed 36 of his 48 passes. He threw 450 yards, five touchdowns, not a single interception, a passer rating, Chris, of 138.4. He is miles and miles and miles against uh, uh, ahead of the guy who's in second place. It is unbelievable the kind of preseason. He is the MVP of the preseason. And what I find so amusing I mean, it's not amusing to me because I'm a Dolphins fan, but if I was on the outside looking in, what I kind of find amusing about the story is here's another one. Poor Tua, right? Here's another one now coming after Tua's job. It's like we the Sean Watson thing is hanging over Tua's head. Well, first of all, it's a Ryan Fitzpatrick thing and Tua's rookie season, right? He gets benched. They go back to Fitzpatrick in his rookie season. Then it's the Deshaun Watson thing hanging over his head. The Dolphins are tried to cha- trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. Then it's Tom Brady, apparently. Apparently, they try to go get Tom Brady to unseat Tua. Then it's Lamar Jackson uh, yesterday or the day before liking a tweet of him in a Dolphins uniform. Now it's Lamar Jackson coming after Tua's job. And finally, it is some dude who was drafted in the seventh round out of Kansas State, who is now the best preseason quarterback we have ever seen in the history of the world coming after Tua. Are we really putting Skylar Thompson in that crew of coming after Tua's job? When when they were asked about him just making the team. It's, it's, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. In Are you pre-season. seeing some of these throws? I, I, I tell you what, he looked amazing at connecting on some of those throws, and especially against those DBs who are going to be bagging groceries next week. <laughs> Come on. It's preseason, Amber. Listen, he had really good numbers coming out of college. I mean, obviously, we're, we're not as familiar with him, but he had five seasons at Kansas Amber. State. Amber. He was the second most accomplished quarterback Amber. in Kansas State history, Carl. It could be true. Where was Tom Brady drafted? Amber, I want to beat myself to death with this microphone right now. I want to pound my head right into it. It's Skylar Thompson, Amber. Come on. Somebody was saying that about Tom Brady 25 years ago. I understand that. His middle name should be Practice Squad. I'm <laughs> at best. I don't, I, listen, he uh, may be the number two behind Tua. Like, that's how good he's looked. All right. Amber, number two. I absolutely could not get enough of this the other night in Milwaukee. On the video board at American Family Field in Milwaukee, they have, you know, the list of the happy birthdays to fans who are in attendance and you pay your 20 bucks for charity or whatever it is and you can get your name or your kid's name up on the board or maybe an anniversary message. There was a message an unsigned note amongst all the birthday and anniversary wishes that said the following. Mark, your friendship means the world to me. Let's not wreck it. Unsigned. Christian Yelich of the Brewers quote tweeted this and said, down two in the eighth inning, the dugout looked up, saw this and said, Let's win one for Mark. We got you, man. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I love the dugouts paying attention. There are every man in America 
at one point or another has been Mark. So therefore, we are all Mark when you get a message like that. Well, and, and, and Amber. I and mean, how many people were Mark, Carlin? Because it was unsigned. So, I mean, were there like five Marks sitting there in the stadium and they're like, I think it's directed at them? You know? I, well, I mean, obviously it was the, the Mark who had... Mark saw it. It well, wasn't even the right Mark. It was the Mark who had recently declared his feelings to somebody only to get <laughs> shot down, not just quietly, privately, but done right in the middle of a, a, you know, a crowd of about 40,000 in Milwaukee. Could have been more than one Mark, Carlin. That's all I'm saying. Amber, How many Marks were I, I, listen, shot I get down that. recently, but she or he cares about the friendship. Amber, Carlin. how many times have you used that phrase? Uh, I have friend zoned uh, quite a few people, if that's what you're asking. Yes. On absolutely. national radio. That's what you're asking. I am asking you on national radio how many times you have used that phrase. Let's not wreck our friendship. I, I, there's friendships that have mattered to me. Uh, I've used that phrase quite literally numerous times. Yes, of course but you the have. friendship means too much to me. I don't want to yeah. take it to the next level. You know, I wouldn't want to ruin the friendship. Yeah, you know what? I would. Uh, regrettably, I never said this because I was on the receiving end of that <laughs> sentiment many times. But what I really should have said at the time was, well, your friendship really doesn't mean enough for me to not wreck it at this point. <laughs> right. So you're in or you're out. That's where I'm going with it. Oh, uh, Mark. Are Mark. you in or you're out, buddy? Are you what? in or you out? I, Mark is clearly the, the out. The are in on you, though. Mark so is, nice. is, is clearly out in that moment. And there was apparently... A camera that was, you know, scanning the crowd as that was up there. <laughs> Looking and for and Mark. the crowd were just like, it kind of went silent. Like, oh, oh. But there was one guy crying <laughs> off in the distance. Poor Mark. <laughs> Poor, Poor Mark. Mark, Mark might have been in the bathroom and not even seen it. I'm telling you, it's some other Mark in the ballpark. I, I have a friend. I, I know somebody who did the ballpark proposal. Oh, no. And his girlfriend was in the bathroom and did not see it. <gasps> that happened. And so well, he scrapped like the whole plan planning. like it was out. He scrapped the whole plan and had to go in another direction. Which, by the way, I'm anti-ballpark proposal anyway. It's not the worst thing in the world. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.